welcome to Uncommon Sense. This is a podcast where we just talk about whatever the hell. Usually it has something to do with history, but you never know what direction we're going to go. We, as in I May Jerry and JT, had been recording today for this episode for about 20 minutes, and then we had some technical difficulties. So now we're re-recording, um, because that's what happens when you try to do a podcast sometimes. So we're going to try and, like, kind of, if it sounds like we're... You know what I mean? <laughs> if we're glossing it, over topics, it's yeah. because it's the second time we're hearing it. It might not seem as candid as it usually does because it's a, it's a little bit weird this week. But we're going to try and do the best we can. That's all, that's all we can do. So, hello. My name is Aime. Hello. And I have had CPR administered to me before. Have, oh, my goodness. Well, no. That's the first time I've... you guys are hearing that. Yeah, I still don't know if it's truth or lie. But, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. All right, who's um, next? I'm JT, and I once played a show in front of just over a thousand people uh, at the age of 13. Ooh, added, added a little bit there, huh? <laughs> uh, my name is Jerry. Hello. Um, and I once had my ear fall off. Right. Yeah, that's fucked. No, you didn't. All right, again, everybody, welcome to Uncommon Sense. Today's topic is all about gender, and this is something that we've hit on in a couple episodes before. Um, I don't know how dedicated our listeners are. And I did say last time we recorded, we're up to 92 downloads this week um, as of when I checked a half hour ago, which is very exciting. So thank you, anybody who is tuning in and listening. Thank you to repeat listeners. And with that being said, um, just to refresh everybody's memories, topics that we've discussed in the past have included women who disguise themselves as men in various American wars and beyond. And we also last week talked about the onset of counterculture and that kind of um, socio-political movement in American history, which included things like the hippies. Um, and kind of weaved into these discussions, we've hit on the topic of gender, which is very broad and has a very interesting, I think, and very turbulent history and is especially relevant in the socio-political conversation right now in our modern times. So, you know, as broad and vague as it is, we're just going to kind of pick up a discussion on it and see where it takes us. And we're going to try and weave, you know, culture and history into this conversation and like cross our fingers and hope that it's informative. If it, if not at least interesting. So with all that being said, um, when we kind of ran into our little technological flub, we were kind of picking up a discussion about what toxic masculinity quote unquote is and kind of, I think we're, having a conversation about with the paradigm and what, what it kind of means to us in the modern pop culture. And so let's just pick up with that. So JT, if you want to summarize or if you want to reformulate or completely recapitulate on what you, whatever you feel is best, go ahead and tell everybody what toxic masculinity means to you and what your take is on it as a person who has been assigned male. All right. I'm going to fucking explode through this because I don't want to do what I did before well i know i like it was good but like i just i don't i'm not in the mood to say all of it again yeah, okay, right. here we go. so so um i don't feel like i exude any toxic level of masculinity fortunately so i can't i i don't know that i'm relating to someone who who does that but uh, from my observations right is that men are generally raised to be tough and and um self-providing and not terribly um, emotional, um, 
and and all that and it's just not how people work and i feel like because we're um i don't think like conscious like we're not like trying to consciously we we as a nation i should say to generalize i don't think we are consciously trying to um condition men to be a certain way i think that that's just what the idea of a man is to a lot of people um when like i said that's just not true um both men and women have full capacity to exhibit very traditionally masculine and very traditionally feminine traits in conjunction with one another um and to say that um men should be this and women should be that i think is absurd um, like I, I hope a lot of people would agree, but yeah, I think men are, are conditioned to go against what their brains are saying. And that exudes a lot of frustration in people. Um, and, and I, I think that the conditioning that, that men, cisgendered men experience, um, tends to like inform a certain amount of dehumanization I think because they relate so little with themselves, um, it makes them makes it harder for them to relate to others, you know, right. as people. Yeah. So you know, I I had said it when we recorded before the footage is lost, so to speak. Um, but I think the statistic is that one in three women are sexually assaulted at some point in their lifetime, um, which is disgusting, which is gut wrenching. Um, but you know, nearly all of those cases are from cisgendered men. Yeah, definitely. Instigating and like, performing. Statistically speaking, when it comes to things like sexual assault and domestic abuse, the uh, aggregate that is overwhelmingly maligned are female people. <laughs> yes. Like overwhelmingly. And that, and, that, and that men are doing this. Yes. It is men that are doing this to women. Yeah, and I clarify that um, because I mean, you know, I hear a lot of people that are upset about the third wave feminism discourse about things like sexual assault tend to get angry when it seems like they, as typically as people assigned male at birth, feel antagonized when that statistic is pulled out. Um, and it's not a thing that's like intended to stigmatize or antagonize a certain group of people. It's just an unfortunate, observable fact. So it's not that women are incapable of. being abusers or anything like that because it's usually what i hear is women can do bad things too why is it that we're only talking about men and that's just an a tool i feel that is used to deflect away from a problem onto a a separate problem as if it debunks or discredits things like feminism Uh, you know i think that's a misguided form of rhetoric and i think you would agree with that jt I, i i'm sorry i was distracted what did you say? That a lot of people um, will point out that women are also capable of things like domestic abuse and sexual assault as if it debunks the, the idea that women are maligned overwhelmingly by men in particular, statistically speaking. Mm-hmm. And it's not yes. that women are incapable of doing bad things. Nobody is saying that. I don't think a single third wave feminist no. on this planet that is worth her medal would ever try to assert that women are incapable of doing anything bad. Um, we're, you know, looking at overwhelming statistical data here and positing these things as an issue in society. Yeah. I mean, you look at the, the one, the case that's in the news, well, maybe not so much the news, but that's circulating social media and stuff is, is Amber Heard against Johnny Depp. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And to speak on Johnny Depp's innocence, I can't. I don't have the evidence to support that he never did anything awful to anybody ever. I, I don't know that. I just don't know. I don't have empirical evidence that suggests that he didn't. So I can't speak on that. But it's it's it is full out there that she like beat the shit out of him like fucked his world up she said herself um, in recordings that you can listen to on youtube that she has physically assaulted johnny depp and would get mad at him for walking out of the room when she would begin to incite those altercations so it's not even speculation um, it's not like internet speculation she said herself that she would assault him and for people that are unfamiliar with this particular current event johnny depp got fired by warner brothers over a controversy with amber heard alleging that when they were married, he was physically and emotionally abusive toward her. And, you know, to um, dissociate, disassociate from the controversy, Warner Brothers fully just got rid of Johnny Depp. And a lot of people are very upset about it because a lot of people think that evidence indicates that he is the victim in the relationship and that she is lying. So I just want people to understand what this conversation is. On to you, JT. Yeah, and, and it's, I, I think it's unfortunate that we need to clarify that. It's like, no, we, we know women fuck up too. Uh, I, I feel like that should just be implied. People fuck up, yeah. It's women, men, non-binary people. Everybody's capable of doing bad things to other people. I don't think there's a person alive on this planet that has never maligned another person in, a, in any single way ever. God, yeah. Except for, except for me. Um... But uh, yeah, no. Uh, coming coming back to Earth, um, there's there's an overwhelming uh, issue with with men inciting violence and um, um, otherwise uh, non consensual uh, moments. We should say for a lot of people, most commonly women, um, and that's fucked up. And I think that that is. Um, I think that is toxically masculine. Um, I think that that is um, a result of the way that men are being conditioned by the society that they're being raised in. And that's fucked. Yeah. Let me tell you uh, what I think toxic masculinity, that specific term, because you can argue there's a lot of things that are quote unquote toxic about what we might call male or masculine or macho culture or whatever. Um, I think in the terms of like third wave feminism, toxic masculinity pretty much boils down to men being taught to fit into a very specific rule rule and paradigm of not being able to express sentimentality or have any attributes to themselves or present in any way that could be construed as feminine, such as being emotional or being emotionally available or or being emotionally volatile or um, being domestic and doing um, clerical work and like things like that. Um, it's this whole idea that there's a very specific box that men have to fit in in day to day life. And it all has to do with like stone cold strength and um, courage and whatever the hell. And that um, maligns, for one thing, the potential that women have to own up these, to express masculine attributes uh, that are, that shouldn't be regarded as typically masculine, such as strength and courage. And then it also prevents men from, you know, being able to be emotionally expressive or, or do anything that might defy that very, very specific male paradigm and that causes a level of insecurity that 
is observable in male behaviors. And that's why when people say, you know, that there's toxic masculinity and this, that, or the other thing, it has to do with uh, men <coughs> having their masculinity be fragile because they're attempting to live up to a very arbitrary societal standard. And a lot of people, when they hear this conversation, are very resistant and they get upset about it. And I can't begin to understand why that is. I really don't understand why people get their tidy whities in a bunch about people saying that, you know, the uh, American conception of like a manly man is just full of bullshit. But people do get upset about it. And last week we brought up Candace Owens as probably one of the more recent prominent examples of somebody who is upset about, quote, the war on manly men, which is like a very interesting phraseology that gets thrown around conservative circles a lot. Um, and this is something that I think has been built up for a very long time and for, you know, the anti-feminists and the meninists and the men's right activists out there. I can't believe these pockets exist because women, this is the thing with like having systemic problems. People who don't like to admit that certain aggregates are oppressed or people who want to be oppressed themselves, and it's usually cisgendered male whites are quick to say that things like uh, misogyny and racism that are systemic no longer exist. This modern day is so progressive. We have eliminated all forms of discrimination in our system and there is no such thing as observable bigotry anywhere permeating in society, no way. The last racist died, the last misogynist died. Women have all opportunities and rights in the world. The wage gap doesn't exist. The glass ceiling was broken ages ago and all that kind of stuff. Um, when I think that that paradigm is very illogical, and if we're going to look at the, the historicity of sexism, women used to get prosecuted for getting raped. Women used to be prosecuted or persecuted society, societally and um, like shunned for uh, having children or having sex even out of wedlock. And I, there is definitely an, an insane societal, cultural double, double standard over things like self-expression and um, sexual expression and sexual promiscuity between men and women, where men are lauded for sexual promiscuity and called studs and will brag about their body counts. And women are taught to be very prudish and secretive and ashamed of sexual promiscuity and are called sluts and whores. And these are like age old um, paradigms that have existed since the onset of American society and not to say anything of, you know, society as a whole and civilization as a whole, because then you get into such a broad spectrum where gender expression and gender roles are very varied, like across times and societies. Um, so much of this is localized into modern um, first world kind of developed civil, like developed countries, nations. Um, and th but there's a lot of places and instances in history where there are societies that are matriarchal. There are societies where women were hunter-gatherers. There are societies where, you know, things were very different. And that is often used as evidence for people to debunk the existence of gender roles in society and say that there's nothing biological or natural about this. This is shit that we just made up. And gender is a lot of outdated baloney. And that's kind of the side, personally, that I skew towards. Like, I really don't think there is any scientific there is any scientific evidence to suggest that women are like 
physically, biologically, or intellectually incapable of rising to a task that people attribute as like masculine. I think that's silly. Absolutely silly. Um, I agree. Yeah. I don't know. Jerry, do you have any thoughts so far? Uh, so far, I've just sort of been, I, I realize that this isn't an audible response. I've just sort of been nodding along with everything that's been saying to be like, yeah, that sounds right. Uh, sorry, I haven't been very articulate. I haven't wanted to interrupt no, the flow okay. that's going on. There's been sort of a very good energy flow. Yeah, totally. Good energy. And I know, I know that like, I don't speak as quickly. And I feel as though when I bring things up, things slow down a little bit. Which and is I didn't fantastic. want to slow things down. We need that balance okay. of pacing. No, I mean, you're, you're here for a reason. We value your perspective. I've just sort of been sponging at the moment, sort yeah, of absorbing okay. and being like, yeah, this all, this all seems right. Right. Well... Um, <laughs> that's okay. my contribution yeah. at the moment no fucking a that's it you know i want to talk about i kind of want to we started this podcast with something that was supposed to be about like american history in particular i do kind of and i don't mind what direction this conversation goes in when it comes to american history and like what gender has had to do in our culture you go back and, of course, you see that a lot of uh, political movements and innovations were spearheaded and um, expedited by men. The American Revolution and the Constitutional Convention and the Civil War and it was the like proactive frontline participants in those events were overwhelmingly men. And does, does that mean that women were incapable of participating intellectually or anything like that? I seriously, seriously doubt it if you, you know, and so much of that of us localizing our attention towards like the dead white slave owners that were at things like the Constitutional Convention or the Battle of Trenton or, um, you know, Fort Sumter. Um, a lot of that has to do with the phenomenon of history being narrated by a very specific group. If you have historical events being saturated um, in certain areas by men in particular because of societal boundaries, and then you have that same group going on to write the history and their versions and their reflections and their perspectives on what has come to pass, there's going to be inevitably a, like a funneling of information. So like basically what I'm saying is um, when we pay attention to the past and we look at, you know, things that are important that have happened as a part of history as being overwhelmingly saturated by men, um, there's there's no arguing that there were only men at the Constitutional Convention and that an overwhelming majority of soldiers in the Civil War were men. But to suggest that women had nothing important to do or to say with any of these things is to be a foolhardy way of commentating on history and a misogynistic way of commentating on history, in my opinion. The absence of women in the textbooks um, belies a larger issue with the ciphering of gender roles. And women have always had things to say about 
not being included. Um, I think like a great example of a woman who was conscious of the exclusion of her gender in, you know, important historical movements was Abigail Adams, who said to her husband in a letter very famously not to forget the ladies when he was advocating for the acceptance of the Declaration of Independence in the 1770s, specifically 1776. Um, John Adams was the second president of the United States. He's a very important um revolutionary back in the 18th century and was one of the most outspoken advocates for America separating from England at the time. And he, one of his greatest accomplishments that I've seen a lot of um, his, um, his historians articulate is his marriage to Abigail Adams, who was absolutely like an unapologetic bombshell of a woman. And she was very conscious of the exclusion of women in, in um, you know, political circles. And she did not like it. And it was, there was like, there's obviously, like there was never a time when women were looking around and saying, why, why, why aren't we allowed to lend our voices to the greater cause? Then the fact that they're excluded in the textbooks and in historical commentary, you know, definitely is a very dramatic oversight because there were important contributions made to them too, and especially in like the various feminism movements. And I guess the reason I'm talking at length about this is because I see a lot of people, when it comes to talking about history, try to argue that women are in fact inferior because they had so little to do or say with the important innovations in history and the important movements in history. And like my response to that is if that's what you think, then information has been funneled to you in a, a very omitting way in a very um, tunnel visioned manner um, and a very exclusionary way. And that for women to be absent in certain circles and in certain events actually bespeaks, uh, you know, very important feministic items in history where women were advocating, you know, to be included. And needless to say, in the year of our Lord 2020, we've come a long way since Abigail Adams, who was not legally allowed to vote at the time, of course, um, wrote to her husband expressing disdain at the lack of attention towards the ladies in 1776 to now where we are about to inaugurate our very first female vice president which is so beyond exciting and i'm so very happy about that and for anybody who is upset about having a woman a woman in that office die soon <laughs> thank you y'all can go suck it and cry and fill the Dead Sea with your salty man tears, because I don't give a fuck. Not, not a one. Not one single not fuck. A one fuck. You know what? I don't know if you guys heard about this, but what comes to mind too is that a lot of the headlines that I was seeing recently had to do with some um, journalistic hack named Joseph Epstein published an article like on the Washington Post. I think it was. Not sure if it was the Washington Post, but it was something. Um, po posted an a very just this oversized loggeria about how Jill Biden, our um, first lady-elect, is not deserving of her title as doctor because her doctorate was is not a medical, she's not a medical doctor. And so why are we calling her Dr. Biden? And it was just this very long, very bitter article all, all about that. Did you, were you guys aware of that? Had you heard that? No, no. Really? No. Yeah, that was a lot of what was being talked about for some reason. And 
I mean, doesn't it, I mean, I don't know if this is the first time that you guys are hearing about that, the thesis of Joseph, Joseph Epstein, you know, is that she's not a medical doctor, so she doesn't deserve the respect of why are we calling her Dr. Jill Biden? She should forfeit that title because that's ridiculous. She's not as educated as she's insinuating. And Dr. Jill Biden, um, you know, here's the thing. I, Joseph Epstein, is a well-known misogynist. As it turned out, when he published this article, a lot of his former students and colleagues came forward to give testimony about um, how misogynistic he was in working with the university that he worked with, which I don't even remember what it is. And that university denounced him publicly when the story started going viral and a lot of people started talking about it. This, to me, is just a an isolated symptom of just an overwhelming misogynistic paradigm towards women in politics and it most definitely overwhelmingly comes from the right side of the political spectrum which sounds antagonistic but it's true because the whole basis of like the political right is conservatism and traditionalism and traditionally women are expected to be domestic and quiet and prudish and not involved and in, in all that bullshit so you know if jill biden was not a woman i sincerely doubt that she would be coming under such an arbitrary and silly and trivial attack but here we are i think a lot of the attacks that hillary clinton i mean people i mean she hillary clinton has been in the political sphere for since the late jurassic period i mean she is a fossil in politics <laughs> truly um and she used to get attacked in like headlines for wearing pants for wearing bell-bottom pants and so much of the commentary in politics and women is like what are they wearing were they rude were they this that and the other thing they can get away with so much less and even now and that is like beyond disappointing so of course i knew there, there would be a barrage of such retrograde sentiments getting hitting us full in the face now that we have you know dr jill biden in the position of power as first lady now that we have um kamala harris in the position of power as vice president uh and you're gonna you're just gonna just get i just like am amping myself up for so much ridiculous misogyny what's up jerry you know, you have to wonder, like, what do these people do in their spare time? Like, I don't how much know. Free but time insecure. do you have? Don't you think they're insecure? Still, as fuck? Yeah, like if you spent the amount of time, uh, like these people, if they spent the amount of time they spend, like watching other people and poking at every single little thing and trying to dig up dirt on people, bettering themselves, this might actually be like a good world. You know. That's a very good sentiment. Uh, when it comes to I, I people... Like... Yeah, go ahead. I, I, I just feel like... I don't know. Those who are super critical of other people just don't want to look at their own flaws. And that ties in nicely to the whole thing with toxic masculinity. And like, I can already hear the sounding alarms of, well, can't women be insecure too? And like, you know, of course they can. There's you know plenty of women who have done... Like, said and done questionable things in the public political sphere like the point is um i'm just speaking to the double standard and so you saying you know what do people have to do like with their free time that they're talking about the academic accolades of jill biden and whether or not she's deserving of her title as doctor and how like seemingly trivial and ridiculous a conversation that is um this this just plays very nicely into the idea of toxic masculinity. Um, 
everybody's favorite conservative blowhard, Ben Shapiro, of course, jumped into the conversation unsolicited and talked about how, you know, if you're choking on something in a restaurant, you're not going to want somebody with Jill Biden's academic accolades to help you because she's not a medical doctor. And it's just strange to me that um, I've never heard before ever in my life or in any of the historical documents that I've examined, anybody ever getting upset about somebody having the title of doctor despite not having a medical degree. That is like never, I've never heard that before. All of a sudden, like nobody's ever been upset about it before. There's plenty of public figures and politicians that have doctorates. I fucking, um, Benjamin Franklin was called doctor and was not a doctor. You're going back in the way back. And I didn't hear anybody say anything about him and maligning his owning up to that title. Um, it's just the mob mentality and just all of a sudden jumping on the bandwagon to you know, introduce a woman who is, you know, coming into a position of power is really demonstrative of something of these like wacky, unfortunate insecurities that so many people have. And it always has to do with traditionalism and seeing things change. And in my opinion, it all boils down to like, the world is changing. And if you're a traditionalist or conservative or whatever, the world is changing and it is leaving you behind. So of course you're going to be upset. Forgive my ignorance. Uh, ben Shapiro. That's the guy who can't get his wife off, right? That is correct. Huh? Yeah, he cannot get his wife wet. Yep. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, what? So yeah, he, he, <laughs> Ben Shapiro is the guy who denies that the female orgasm exists and that a, uh, a, a wet female uh, is indicative of poor physical health because he is unable to make his wife wet. So, JT. Fucker, I'm gonna put you in poor physical health! What the fuck?! So, JT. You are, Jesus you, Christ! You are familiar with WAP, surely, yes? Yeah. Yeah, of course. So, WAP, which is a musical collaboration in the upper echelon of pop music and hip-hop society by... What are their names? Everything Megan the Stallion. So posh. And oh, so posh. The Megan the Stallion. Is ass pussy. We don't need to make it that posh. Listen. You need to be posh. Listen, Dude. listen. Okay. So Cardi B. When I ride the dick, I'm a right one. And Megan the Stallion. <laughs> you know, I don't even. I probably don't even need to explain it. Um, make me the fucking. Since jerk. JT is not aware, that song upset many a conservative evangelical. Absolutely sent the MAGA crop clutching their patriotic gender rules pearls. Like, you know, it made a splash, so to speak. And um, Ben Shapiro got on his soapbox and started talking about how his wife, who I don't know what her, I don't know what her credentials are. And she knows something about vaginal health. I don't know if she's a gynecologist or what, but he said that according to her, having a wet pussy is indicative of medical problems and is not normal and should be examined. And so now everybody's just talking about how Ben Shapiro is mad because he can't get his wife wet. Okay. So I, I can't speak for Ben Shapiro's wife. Because we are only hearing secondhand information from from mm-hmm. her, um, I'll instead just attack this man, please. But to know that little, first of all, okay, fuck our 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 sexual education in this country. First of all, okay, because I think that's a lot owed to this situation. Furthermore, 
Ben. <laughs> ben. 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 Yeah, the softest, most flaccid man in the world, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Do you think? Do you think he knows anything about his own sexual anatomy? No, I don't think he knows anything about anything. Do you think he knows what a what a glands is? Do you think he believes in the male orgasm? Does he have children? I don't know. Okay, because if they if, if, he, if does, he has children, they chasing. they extracted sperm cells from his wife's bone marrow, and that's that's how that happened. This man clearly has no idea what fucking is. Well, Jesus Christ, so, that's absurd. So the traditionalists <laughs> and the conservatives do not like when women are uh, express their proclivity towards sexual promiscuity, which is overwhelmingly what WAP as a song does, and. What I think about people saying women shouldn't be objectified, so why is WAP okay to feminists? And that's been, like, this kind of gotcha thing from, like, people on the right side of the political spectrum at, like, third-wave feminism. Obviously, yeah. when women discuss sex um, just offhandedly because they enjoy it is not comparable to a situation where women are not consensually objectified by men in artistic comparable circles. It is their two different situations and women when they are stigmatized for discussing sex or expressing you know sexual proclivities and affinities and men are lauded for sexualizing women it's you, you i hope anybody can listening can detect detect the double standard here without me having to spell it out and you know it's just, and then people are saying like why is wap okay but baby it's cold outside it's why are people offended by one and not the other? And, you know, it just the conversation that it incited is like, it's it's crazy how incendiary in the, the year of our Lord 2020, the, the conversation is about like women and sex. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like the bucket and a mop thing doesn't work for Ben Shapiro because he more no, so needs like a, a, a Swiffer wet jet, you know, thing that like just sort of sprays in front of it because, you know, yeah. He can't make his wife by himself, right. so he needs the equipment to do it for him. Right, right, right. I just, okay, so as an acolyte in the Church of Vulva, um, this Ooh. man... I... <coughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 it just, it befuddles me. Okay, and when I say this, I mean absolutely no shame to anyone asexual. I just don't get the impression that Ben Shapiro fits that mold. I can't speak for that okay i can't but I pr i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure that that level of disinterest in in um physical uh the, the female anatomy is indicative of uh either utter devalue or like just just total like i don't think he has testicles that man's skin must be so soft <laughs> I swear to God, oh, God. Um, to imply that he's receiving no testosterone. Right. right. That just, that sucks. That just sucks to hear. I don't know. Because I, I know he's not the only person that is like, like that. Yeah, we're blessed to, and this is something we talked about last week. I think we're blessed and privileged to be surrounded by a community that happens to be more leading in the inclusive and accepting direction 
And sometimes I think about how there are just whole communities and whole pockets of people and entire cities and towns and rallies and meetings and conclaves of individuals who think that women should stay in the kitchen, um, that gay people should not exist, you know, there, so there, so there's just entire groups of people that hold just the most retrograde, most hateful, most divisive values that I, that you can conceive. There's a, a website called the Donald, I think it's called the Donald.win, which is this internet hub of, you know, the, uh, most devoted accolades to the big buff cheeto puff and they sometimes in their threads just sincerely call for the wholesale slaughter of liberals like they actually unabashedly discuss you know inciting a military movement to kill off the left side of the political spectrum like you know as long as they're men and they get the um and they get the the um, guys on the right too. Then sure, yeah. Um, no, like kill all the men, every one of them. Yeah, kill all men. All yeah. of them. All of them. Hashtag not like, all like, of them. Yeah, <laughs> relax, Kyle. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I, okay, so I had this discussion with my girlfriend the other day, um, and I, I let Jerry in on it later on. We're making a list of um all the acceptable men in the public eye right now and once once the time comes where partner and i rule the world um we're going to put those men in a very safe cushy comfortable lavish bunker and every other man on the world will be uh subject to um a screening process uh a number of interviews a number of uh, psych evaluations and whatnot, and those who don't make it um, will be fed to wild animals. Um, interesting. Can I get yeah. an example or two of who the acceptable men are in the public eye? Sure. Pedro Pascal, Oscar Isaac, Ashton Kutcher, um, Adam Driver, um, Guy Fieri, um, who has been – I don't think this has made its way into the public very much. Incredibly philanthropic, especially during COVID. This man is, is making shit happen. Please do your Google searches, audience. Um, uh, there may have been a couple – oh, uh, Matt Damon. Um, Can I make a suggestion? Think please. Of, uh, Elijah Wood should be on this list. Tell me why. He's an unproblematic hobbit who um, – outspokenly does not believe masculinity is um like inextricably linked to being a man splendid bring him with us um jake gyllenhaal harry styles what about him how did i forget that what the fuck (laughs) how did i forget he was the first name on the list Uh, oh good lord good lord did we say yes or no to jack black i think we did say yes i think he's done nothing problematic I think he's done nothing problematic and is only just happy and funny. Okay. Good. <laughs> you know, but yeah. Oh God. There's listen, one of the good things about not this podcast, not actually being famous is that we're not going to have to come under fire for like anything that we say here, but, but, but I Fuck just, em. 
imagine the astronomical butthurt this conversation would be receiving from people who say, oh, a lot of one side of your mouth, you condemn Trump supporters for calling for the wholesale genocide of liberals, and now you're saying to kill all men. Girl, it's not that serious, and if you're a man, uh, don't be a fucking dickhead and a piece of shit and respect everybody. How about that? And there's no sanctity towards you if you can't handle that very basic responsibility. I have no sanctity towards you or your life or your personality or, like, anything about you if you, you like, can't control your urges or, like, can't, can, can't, can't just be a decent person. And it's not you clearly, in this podcast, have immeasurable political power and the ability to enact our... Uh, clearly extremely serious visions. <laughs> I'm gonna say something. <laughs> like, it's not... Like, I, I'm, here's I'm gonna the thing. Go ahead. JT is not... JT is... J, listen, okay. Here's my speculation. JT, when he says kill all men, would never do anything to actually kill all men. Whereas... <laughs> <laughs> We're like we're like 75% sure. I'm trying to say it's not that serious, but like the people on the Donald Dot Win is just one isolated example. Sincerely, like sincerely 100 percent pragmatically try to conspire and figure out how to get their militias together to actually kill like Democrats. Like they actually are trying to figure out how they can do that, and there's what hundred percent serious. I just imagine bunch of proud boys just like all right so if we put the minigun on your jeep and we put the mortar in his truck bed i think we can make this work like we're they're just sitting there in like some vacant like abandoned kmart parking lot in the town that they call home like cousin fuck county yeah <laughs> <laughs> Just These like, people who are God-fearing evangelicals are so excited about death and manslaughter. I can't believe it. Well, I can believe they're it. They're more into the Old Testament. With the genocide? Absolutely. Right. With the randomly right. killing innocent people? Absolutely. Yeah. Unless they're men. Well, yeah. I mean, like, a lot of the let's kill the firstborns to get revenge on the Egyptians. Yeah. A lot of them it, were probably boys. It's a lot of let's the, kill the people who don't think the same way we do. Wasn't it um, the firstborn sons during the plagues that all got killed? Uh, mm -hmm. I think so, yeah. Well, anyway, those were innocent lads. I guess we're talking about men who can fully take responsibility for their actions and, and don't. Period. Period. Um, and to say that, like, oh, well, it's not their fault, you know, like to 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 take what I said earlier and like, oh, well, you know, I think that society is is, is encouraging this conditioning in, in people and, and such and so forth to use that as an excuse of like, oh, well, they can't help it. You know, like, well, clearly you're saying that like men are incapable of doing anything other than absolutely not. Because I've never instigated anything remotely um, non-consensual towards anybody, ever. I've never instigated violence against somebody. Um, I've, 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 I've never wanted to do any of that stuff. Um, so it's not internal. It's not inescapable. It, it's not challenging to, to avoid that. It's, it's just like acknowledge what a person is. Learn what a person is. I'm going to say something very unproblematic and objectively true right now. 
regardless of who you are and regardless of who anyone else is, everybody should be treated respectfully by everyone else all the time. There's no reason to be disrespectful unless you're not a person because I think there's condition to that. But I, I, I don't know that we would all agree on that one. Uh, yeah, everybody – I think I said this in the, the, the original cut. Everybody has an amount of autonomy that comes along with sentience, the ability to make your own decisions and be mm-hmm. free thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just the amount of people who don't take advantage of that is surprising, I think. I, I actually don't uh-huh. believe in goodwill, but I don't want to open that can of worms. In regards uh, to... Go ahead, Jerry. I, I feel like there's a difference between free will and autonomy to a point. I think that um, they're inextricably linked and almost synonymous. Not quite. They're they're uh, parasynonymous, I would say. But again, I don't uh, want to derail the conversation. Um, unless you want, to, unless you want to talk about it, I'm not gonna. Stop I, you. I don't think that's one to get into because I okay. don't think we'll see eye to eye. Yeah, probably not. But that is. But I respect you and your beliefs. And I respect you and your Six beliefs. In one hand, half a dozen in the other. Yeah. That, um, man, that was that was a heated debate that for the ages, everybody. You see how hard it was to come to an agreement about contrasting points. Okay. Oh man, I'm, I'm sweating bullets. I want to <laughs> add a layer to that. What we're saying, I'm sure, to some people will sound confusing because, on one hand, you know, we're saying that there are behaviors and paradigms that are completely unacceptable and cannot be respected or tolerated under any circumstances. And on the other, and and we're being quite belligerent about that. And on the other hand, we're saying um, everybody should be respected at all times by everyone else. Here's the thing: uh, the whole we need to respect everybody all the time. Um, like, is it conditional? And I think it is because not everybody is deserving of respect. So that's a, you know, that's a blanketed statement that is a good universal axiom. And, you know, you should definitely respect baseline. You should go about your life in a respectful manner and, you know, value the sanctity of other humans and other lives. And, you know, it's, it's all just good. All just good, good things to say and think and do. Uh, the, the, there, there is a discourse about how, what, to what extent or should we to any extent tolerate slash accept slash coexist with intolerance this gets to a point where the the whole picture is more complicated so in all seriousness you know be treat others the way you want to be treated 100 universal thing when you're a person who and this is why i say at this point in this specific political wave the republican party is not good for anything at all uh, if there's anything that you call political that is a stance against the rights and sanctity of other people, you're breaking a rule and you you lose your own kind of what do you want to call it sanctity? You lose it. You're you're disqualified because you're trying to truncate the free and open existence of other people. So, and they're going, well, if that's what I believe, why should my free and open existence be truncated? And that's because we, you, we cannot tolerate you trying to do that to other innocents. If you think, if you read the Bible and it says, respect thy neighbor, and then you're also saying on the same breath, kill the gays, we can't allow in good consciousness in, on any principle for that paradigm to permeate any cultural sphere because uh the way i see it gay people are not by virtue of being gay are not doing anything wrong 
There is no harm done in being gay or being a woman or being transgender or being black or being an immigrant. There's nothing wrong with being anything other than a cisgendered white man. What was that? Straight. <laughs> uh, said in other words, being anything other than a straight cisgendered white man. Exactly. If you're listen, I'm sincerely. I don't think any Trump supporters would still be listening to this podcast at this point, or any conservatives or Republicans. I think we've made our political stances clear here. But if you are a person who is any of those things I mentioned, I want you to sincerely ask yourself, like, sincerely deep down inside, I am actually genuinely asking, why would you logically want to... Um, prohibit or remove the rights of any other innocent person why and if you are looking to do that if you're going to like do anything analogous to putting a bed sheet on your head and like trying to murder people who do not look act or think like you why should that action be condoned you know, by like, no, we don't want to coexist with you. So there, so there's, you know, it's the whole circle of tolerating intolerance, and that's a tricky conversation. But that's why people are calling it a double standard. Who want to be bigots? <laughs> you know, they're saying, why is the hate so divisive and hate the, the hate the left? Why is the left so hateful and divisive? And you know, it's because we want equality. And to be fair, I let us not um, let us not say that everybody on the left is right and just and wonderful and only wants the best. There, there is there's dirt in every pile, you know. Um, but on the whole, the ideals that tend to be classified as uh, left swinging ideals in the form of human rights <laughs> yeah the platform i don't think yeah, yeah yeah i don't think are um uh bad i think it's the difference between this is what I, I i talked for a long time and it got rambly and i think it boils down to basically quote the left or whatever you want to call it is mad they are angry as you're seeing about equal rights and also the quote-unquote right is angry about equal rights but those two things are not the same they are not the same very different reasons why people are angry about equal rights yeah if you're you know so there's like baseline idiot let's let's this talk a little bit about for example the looting the black lives matter movement being called like a terrorist organization by like fox news and stuff like that because they are causing they are creating property damage in urban communities to express their anger i'm not saying that i condone any form of violence um you're not going to find me specifically looting or doing or setting things on fire or anything like that because that's that i wouldn't say that's my my personal style um so whether or not I condone those actions, I do not condemn the ideology and the reasons behind the actions. If people are mad about innocent, unarmed black people getting murdered by racist police officers, I think that is a valid and just reason to be angry. If people are mad because 
other people are mad about wanting fairness and equality in the justice system, I do not think that is okay. So the crucial difference here is the ideology. And, uh, and we, we can't conveniently ignore that to say that there is some kind of double standard. Because really there isn't. Zero. That's my take. Yeah. I, this may be uh, redundant to say at this point. Because I feel like we've sort of said this in many ways. But I feel like the, the big thing that keeps going in my head, and maybe this sounds a little bit too, like, scientific coming out of my mouth but respect given and respect received generally speaking are directly proportional and the fact that the less you give the less you get and people seem to think that when they get to a position of respect they can just do whatever and still receive it because they're in that position mm -hmm. and are surprised when they don't and they're like, hey, why aren't you giving me the respect I deserve? It's like, because you don't deserve it. Like, no, you don't <laughs> you deserve don't, anything. You, you yeah, can just like, say Donald Trump, it's okay. <sighs> oh, sure, but like, there's other instances, not quite as prevalent. But like, yeah. Like, the one that comes to my forefront, and this isn't on topic at all. I'm going on tangent. We kind of, we kind of got off but like, okay, Go ahead. But yeah, the, the idea of like, the one that comes to my mind all the time is like parental respect. Mm -hmm. Like, don't talk back yeah, for yeah, the yeah. fact that I am your parent kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on that whole topic? Because in my opinion, it's the same deal. It's like respect should be something that is earned and given. Repa I, think, you earn it. I think that parents should treat their children like other humans and not like property and that if you're incapable of treating your children like human you like humans you can maybe justifiably anticipate not being respected the way you want to be correct yeah I, th I think that um, it's your responsibility as a parent assuming that you are one um, to raise happy intelligent and free-thinking children um, and in, in saying do as I say and as I do or like because I told you so or you know or anything like that um, is is awful because you're giving the child no reason to understand anything other than well this is bad and it's just bad it's just a fact of life there's no justification it's just bad you know uh, and and that I think breeds um, what's the word I'm looking for disdain um, resentment you know, if you give, if you respect uh, a child's intelligence or, or autonomy or, you know, whatever, whatever we're referring to, um, then you will, you will help the child understand why something is wrong. Um, and that will, that will breed respect. You know, your child should respect you as a parent. You as a parent should respect your child. Like you're saying, um, what you give is what you get back. And I think that that rings very true for the dynamic of parent and kin hmm yes indeed i think we're more or less of a mind on that um we, I think we yeah i'm not like i'm not yeah we're, we're getting close to an hour at this point 
I think we had a, we, we had a yeah 55 well, whatever I don't know we, we had a pretty interesting conversation this week about things like we touched on gender a little bit and we talked about the kind of political divisiveness and things like leftist ideology I don't know we were all over the place but I think it was a good conversation um does what's up does, does anyone have any closing thoughts yeah I think um we, we kind of started out thinking this week would be uh, about gender and we did touch on it. It's something I think we can definitely revisit in the future because there's specific things we can talk about, like the cult of domesticity and its evolution. We can talk about the cross-dressing movement of the 1980s and the glam rock movement, androgynous pop stars and what it means in music. Like there's so many exciting things. I want to talk about Grace Jones. I want to talk about Annie Lennox, um, you know, Boy George and the Culture Club, like so many exciting mm -hmm. things. So I don't think we have time to get into that kind of pop cultural discussion now, but definitely in the future we might revisit it. So all, all together, like, you know, it's a good conversation and definitely interesting subjects. Onto Inequality is bad. Inequality is bad. 100%. To any men, to any men listening to this, eat more pussy, cook for your wife, and change some diapers. That's all I have to say. <laughs> go into random strangers' houses that you know have babies and just change that baby's diaper Find right them. now. Do Find it. the diapers to change. Be the diapers you want to change in the world. And Wait. uh and uh and no. be emotionally available. <laughs> Not Oh god, yeah. Listen. Listen. It's all okay. You, be vulnerable. Right now. Cry. cry. Please cry. I encourage you to just cry. right now. Don't just hold do back it. the tears. All that pent up frustration, all Here. of that, all those daddy issues, let them out. Pat, um, I'll, I'll come and personally pat each and every one of you on the back if that's what it takes. Disclaimer: Probably I won't do that because that would be a that, I don't know where all of you are, and I I think that's a good place to be with us not knowing exactly where each other are. <laughs> okay. Um, and ladies, um, you can also cry. And non-binary people and everybody. Everybody on the planet, you can cry. You everybody can, just cry you right can now. You can lift heavy things. You can open the pickle jar. You can do feats of strength and bravery. No matter your genitalia. And I sincerely... You can... And, and if you're not able, uh, that is also okay. What I'm saying is, as long as you're not hurting anybody else, don't let gender roles control you. Please just be okay. That's all I'm saying. And eat more pussy. Yes. Uh-huh. So, Period. So I think we have our truth lies to expose now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should we go in order? Uh, yeah. Yours okay. was, again, I'm a... I have had CPR administered to me. I'm going to say that's true. Okay. I feel like you were not a strong swimmer as a child or something like that and needed some lifeguarding assistance okay. with your cardiorespiratory system. Uh-huh, yes. What about you, JT? What do you think? I think that that happened. It is true. I have had CPR administered to me, but it wasn't because I drowned. It was because um, when my mother was in labor, her uterus ruptured and I got ejected into the abdominal cavity and did not have oxygen for an unknown amount of time and came out of the womb, like not breathing or moving. And both my lungs were collapsed. So I had to get CPR and I had to get my lungs reinflated. So that was a day. Yeah. Exciting. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> the hospital um, staff when I wasn't dead. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, 
Okay. Well, um, yes. When I was 13, I, I played a show in front of a uh, little over a thousand people. I know true. that this is true. Yes, I have heard the story. Oh, fuck. Okay, <laughs> sorry. That was, that was School of Rock, Love right? it. No, 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 no. It was, it was just, it was just, um, uh, school. So it was our, it was our, our annual, sp- uh, spring lip sync show. And normally everyone gets together and, you know, they do groups and, and not everybody, but like the people who decide to enter, um, we'll do, um, little dance routines to songs or whatever, you know, they choreograph it themselves, whatever. Um, I was a metal kid and um, I was, I was hot on playing guitar and, you know, I just, I loved it. It was, it was my personality trait at the time. Um, so my buddies and I were like, Oh, let's do crazy train by Ozzy Osbourne. I'm like, yeah, I'll bring in like a fucking amp and I'll like, I'll play it. I'll really play it in front of people. I'll do it, bro. And I did. Um, and there was a part where the, um, we had it fade out right at, the solo and then it was my dad's idea to play the star spangled banner um like me me just played on my guitar no like you know anything else um and that happened i i noodled until it totally um the solo totally faded out and i started playing the star spangled banner and the entire the entire school was in the gym everyone in sixth seventh and eighth grade they were about like three three fifty 350 people in like in each class, give or take all parents, all administration, all teachers. There was nothing else going on at the school other than what was going on at the gym. Every man, woman, and child in that gymnasium stood up and put their hands on their hearts as I played the star spangled banner. And I've never felt fucking cooler in my entire life. I love that. That is so cool. I just wish it was for like a different country, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? Well, uh, um, Jerry, your ear fell off? Yeah, I'm Jerry, uh, and mine is that my ear fell off. What the hell is that supposed to mean? When you say ear, are you talking about anatomical ear that is attached to your head? Or are we talking like an ear of corn? Uh, like, that's up to your interpretation. Like, Jerry, obviously your ear didn't fall off. Like, I've seen you multiple times have both ears. Unless it got surgically reattached, I guess that would be the implication. It fell off and it got reattached. Like, the whole yeah, ear. Yeah, fuck you. I feel like I remember this. No, it didn't happen. That didn't happen at all. You like, fucking poser. It sounds ridiculous. so ridiculous. Hold on. Your face. I'm trying to, like, read your facial expression. <laughs> Good luck. I'm a DM. True. What? Your ear fell off? Why would it fall off? What happened? Gangrene? Like, it fell off. Like, it didn't get cut off. It didn't get chopped off. It, it, listen, is this... Is it true, or is it a lie, oh, Ivy? Uh, why would you say it? Like, <laughs> like, no, no. Your ear didn't fall off. Uh, so, when I had said it, I was like, well... What's the definition of my ear? Really? <laughs> okay, At the end of the are. day, what defines my ear? So this ear did and does belong to me, but it is not this ear or the other on the other side of my head. It was on stage when I was playing Shrek okay, in high yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your prosthetic fell off. There okay, was the prosthetic it. hood. Fucking shit. Oh my God. Ears that stuck through the hood. And they're pretty firmly attached. But during the show, like, during the actual show, like, I had a helmet on, like, the helmet scene from Shrek, you know, like, when he first meets you, and there's the helmet. 
the helmet had to get taken off during the scene. It was all one scene, and the ear came off inside the helmet on stage. Cute. So I had to stand there like this, with like, hmm, I don't know, like looking really indecisive with my hand covering that side of my head. That's so that all the children in the audience did not see that my ear was viciously ripped off by this helmet. You heard it. Um, um, so yeah, my ear did fall off, but just not the ears on the side of my head. Right. One time we should start I was... making stuff up. I feel like we always do truths. Uh, I, I have lies. specifically only done truths. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I may has lied. Uh, I think you've lied a few times. I'm seeing how no, long I can JK go with this lied. truth train before everybody starts catching on. Yeah. And there's going to be like some lie that's going to be like, no, Jerry, you're, like, you're telling the truth. Like, that, that happened. And it's going to be like, I lied to you. And you'll all feel betrayed and it'll be great. I've never shaken my mother's hand. Oh, da, da, da. You're excited for that moment. You're just Not have to keep once have I licked the bottom of a shoe. Not once. All right, everybody. Uh, so thank you so much for listening to Uncommon Sense. Tune in next week for whatever the hell we're going to talk about. We really appreciate your viewers partnership. And um, uh, yeah, too. you know, respect. Yeah. Yeah. Love you bunches. Have a good week, guys. Bye. Bye.